Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Well, good evening, guys. Uh, this is Kyle with the Man Up Group. Uh, we are coming to you from Sugarland, Texas tonight. Uh, we are on location um, from a uh, from our normal church. Uh, it's a Tuesday, so we're bringing you a uh, an early Thanksgiving podcast. Uh, we normally would be meeting there at Sugarland Baptist Church, where we have a men's group. Uh, a, great eclectic group of guys from all backgrounds and walks of life. Uh, We have some great discussions and learn about God. Uh, Tonight we're at a special location and uh, we've got a couple of guys here for our panel. We've got Robert Kuchow. Uh, He is a uh, trainer with uh, Fortune 500 500 company. And we got Michael Cropper here as well and he's a uh, attorney with the city of Houston and myself I'm in the insurance world and uh, you know so we bring a a different perspective from all walks of life Um, why don't you guys say hi Uh, tonight uh, we're actually going through our book uh, where we're doing a study on the book of Acts and uh, we have a really great discussion so Robert yeah well first of all good evening everyone thank you and special shout out to Mike's sponsor for tonight's podcast and I, and I will say, it does smell better here than our normal location that we meet at. Um, we're meeting at Spring Creek Barbecue in Missouri City, Texas. So we're a little off from our normal next to Sugarland. And they're located at 4895 Highway 6 in Missouri City. And we do want to really give them a shout out for sponsoring tonight's podcast, letting us meet here. Since, as Kyle alluded to, it is Thanksgiving week. Um, we're missing several of our regulars, Steve Titch. Um, doing Thanksgiving with his family, Larry Post doing Thanksgiving, Bill Cox is still up uh, dealing with the aftermath of his mother's passing. So we're short, a little shorter than usual tonight, but it'll just be the three of us, but looking really forward to it. And Kyle said, and tonight's an interesting lesson. Um, We're in Acts, but this week we're in Acts chapter 4. So we started out, this is our fourth lesson, they met together the Holy Spirit came, and then Peter preached Pentecost. Three thousand people added to the to the church. Don't have an exact when it happened, but we know it was kind of at a different time. He goes and he at and he heals a man at the temple, and two thousand more people joined the church. That's correct. At that point, yeah. yep. this lesson deals with the aftermath. Really, of the second event, but I think of the overall piece when we get into it. And I think this lesson is when the church starts seeing opposition for the first time. And so mm-hmm. this will be this will be a really good discussion for today's world. And I actually have a great story to share about awesome. that. Right. Thank you. Uh, it's good to be here, with Michael Cropper. Uh, if Robert didn't mind, I'm going to go a little bit more detail to the recap. The, the lesson one we were in, uh, once again, we mentioned this before to you, going viral. Uh, and it's the birth and the advance of the church. And the church being the church of Jesus Christ, of course. 
And uh, as Robert mentioned, the first first lesson was about Jesus uh, after he was put to death and he rose from the dead. He met with his disciples several times, and uh, when he was taken to heaven, he told them their purpose to be here was to preach the gospel. But he also gave them a a, a command. He said. When I leave and when I go up, I want you to go wait in the upper room or go wait until the Father delivers a promise I've been telling you about called the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't say exactly what's going to happen to him, but he says, just wait. You'll know it when you get it, when it comes. And Robert alluded that in the second lesson. Then the, so Jesus is taken into heaven. Then the apostles and disciples all go and wait on this promise. They, they don't know what's going to happen, but boy, are they really shocked when it comes... It's the powerful Holy Spirit. It comes to them in a very, very, very dynamic way. Uh, anywhere from visible tongues on their heads, and they speak in tongues of many languages. And the the power of the Holy Spirit is so great that when the disciples and the apostles receive this, again, this is the second lesson, they go outside into the public area where they have been staying, and people gather around them. And people are just absolutely astonished because... A number of them say, we hear our own native language. How can these people be speaking our own native language, many, many different languages, and they're praising God with our language? And this gives Peter the opportunity, who is filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them are filled with the Holy Spirit, but Peter is very, very a man, a, a man of, of quick wits, a proper word for it. He's very uh, extemporaneous. And he jumps up and he talks to the crowd and his preaching is so strong and so powerful. He draws 3,000 people to accept Christ and to serve the Lord. And then finally, the third lesson, uh, as, as Robert was saying, that the, uh, the apostles are then, in this case it's Peter and John, are going to the temple uh, to worship during the hour of prayer and there is a crippled man uh, that is sitting by the gate called Beautiful and he uh, asked for alms from them and they said we don't have any alms but Peter says very bluntly what I do have I will give to you and he picks the man's head up or pulls a man's hand up on his feet and he is healed in the name of Jesus and now as uh, Kyle alluded to then we come to today's lesson because after that occurs uh, Peter again talks to the crowd and so many people have been watching this man. He's 40 years old. They all know him from the, from the priests inside the temple to the people outside the temple. And he's been sitting in a very prominent place. So everybody knows something miraculous has happened here whenever Peter does the miracle through the name of Christ. And so this draws the attention of the Sanhedrin, which are the powers of be at that time, such so much they would call well, our U.S. Supreme Court. Well, right? well, this, well, uh, I was going to say that's a, that's a great analogy for you to be talking about. Because, you know, I, I read I read quite a bit about it last yes. couple of days, and oh, great. they had really the Romans <clears throat> pretty much let them rule everything with Jerusalem and Jewish religion, and as long as they offered their little sacrifice to Caesar at the Holy Temple, they kind of let them rule Jerusalem. Well, we're going to let you tell more about that because that's what we're, the whole lesson is about them facing the head of St. Peter. So if you give us a perspective on that, Robert, that would be yeah. great so we understand what these two apostles are facing. But uh, before we do that, before you talk about that, mm-hmm. in fact, what, yeah, let, let, let's read the scripture. Yeah. We want to do that, but I brought the first <coughs> four scriptures, folks. Our, our, our lesson today encompasses Acts 4, 5 through 31. 
So, just if I'm going to read the first four scriptures of Act 4 so you know what's happened here. And then uh, if Kyle or Robert wants to read the rest of the scriptures, I'll pick the rest up. Yeah. So, uh, Acts 4, where we're starting today, 4, 1 through 4 is, Now as they spoke to the people, this is Peter and John, uh, and they're talking to the people about the layman who has been healed. Well, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees, came upon Peter and John. And uh, the lame man was standing with them. He would not leave them. And they were greatly disturbed that Peter and John taught the people and preached in Jesus' resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them, and they put them into custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those people who heard the preaching from Peter and John believed, and again, like Kyle said, they added a number of men to them around, and it made the total number about 5,000, right? Okay, and then we go on to the Yeah, and then picking up there at Acts 4, 5, yes. on the next day their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, and Annas the high priest was there, and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. When they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, By what power and what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. But when they had ordered them to leave, the council began to confer with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it will not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no longer to any man in his name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Word it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. When they had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis on which to punish them on account of the people, because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. For the man was more than 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. When they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders said to them. And when they had heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, is it you who made the heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them? You who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, Why did this Gentiles rage and the peoples devise futile things? The king of the earth took their stand and the rulers who were gathered together against the Lord as against his Christ. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. 
while you extend your hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place in the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak the word of God with boldness. And that that last sentence is powerful. Oh, that sounds yeah. real. Well, and, you know, you mentioned something earlier, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes, you know it. You know, not only is there the visual, mm-hmm. you know, of tongues of fire or what have you, but it shakes the building that you're in. It comes with a mighty wind, you know, uh, just very interesting, you know. And, and, it, and, it, and it empowers you. It gives you power that you don't know you had. And, and I'm sure they were even more because, and, and think about this for a minute. It talks about it being arrested. And Mike read they were arrested the day before. They spent the night in jail. Now, don't you know, everyone else is freaking out <laughs> at this moment. Because A, what happened the last time one of them got arrested? Yeah. And B, are they now really going to come after us? Well, let's talk about the Sanhedrin, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the well, Sanhedrin they, so people they understand. They were 70. They were considered the group of 70. Okay. Um, a lot of people think these were the group, this was the traditional from back when Moses appointed rulers to help him judge and rule over. And so they came Uh to and became part of that group. And basically, by this time, the party of the Pharisees had been, was the main part of it. And the Sadducees were another piece. And the Sadducees did not even believe in a resurrection. The Pharisees did. The Sadducees did. Probably the lawyers either. Right. Yeah. yeah. But but they really were considered. They were considered the learned men. Right. And basically, there was no appeal. When they made a ruling, it was final, all the way through. And the Romans pretty much let the Sanhedrin run the whole temple area, and control a lot of what happened in Jerusalem as long as it didn't infringe upon Roman rule. Right. You know, they let them run it. And the Sanhedrin had so much power that at one point, Pontius Pilate, when he first became procurator over Jerusalem, he actually tried to bring banners into the temple area that had pictures of Caesar on it. Now, to us, that's no big deal, right? Right. But to the Jews, that was the worst affront ever. And the Sanhedrin basically went and laid prostate in front of his house (laughs) and said, take them out or not. And Pontius Pilate basically looked at them and said, I can do whatever I want. I'm the Roman procurator. I'll take your heads. The chief priest at that time actually bared his neck to Pontius Pilate and said, go ahead and start with mine. So they, they, and Pontius Pilate backed off and pulled pulled that out. So they were a very... That just kind of gives you the how powerful they really were. You know, they didn't control the Romans, but they had a lot of say-so over with them. So when these guys are there, and that brings me to two things in here. So, first of all, Annas the high priest and Caiaphas, and anybody that's familiar with the Gospels knows those stories. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Those were the guys who were in charge the night Jesus was convicted of the Sanhedrin yes. of blasphemy. Absolutely. Um, so... These same guys, this is probably the same group that oversaw Jesus' death. Oh, you know it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're talking absolutely. what? Yeah. A month and a half or something? Two months, yeah. Whatever. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You know, so it most definitely is the same cats. And right. you know, they, I mean, even in jail, and I, I understand filled in the spirit. Yep. 
And then you got to be shaken in your boots. Oh, yeah. Because these guys just crucified Christ mm-hmm. two months ago. And yep. now they got my lives in their hands, and they can do whatever in the world they want, and we know it. Yes, and, but, and I think again, that was the thing. They were, with the they were that powerful that they could. Well, there, there are two things in here that the Greek is really interesting when I, I looked it up. And when they said the cornerstone that was rejected, yes. the Greek in there, <laughs> it's not just rejected. The, the Greek in there implies not just get rid of it, but, oh no, it, it was defective, and then we rejected it. So it's not just looking at a rock and going, no, that's not the right one. It's looking at it, judging it to be defective, and then throwing it away. And then the second thing is this comment about, and they saw they were uneducated and untrained men. These guys were considered the best educated. It's kind of like the Supreme Court. You know, all of them are from Harvard now. Is that right, Mike? I don't know. Close I don't to know maybe. I don't know. I know at yes, once most. at least half of them are always from Harvard. Right. <laughs> it's just kind of a thing. Right. You know, they're considered some of the most learned men in our society. Yes. That was the case with these guys, and they just kind of figured if they stood up and started talking, these uneducated in quotes fishermen were just going <gasps> to and Power. roll over. Yeah. And in the Greek, they're uneducated and unlearned. Really means almost they were almost calling them stupid. Yes, you know, a bunch of stupid fishermen. Mm-hmm. You can't possibly stand up to us. And then they go and make a logical arguments back. <laughs> well, they hit them so hard they didn't know what to argue back. Yes, they, right. They were so powerful. Well, but, it, go, <clears throat> you know, when we go back to those seventy men mm-hmm. picked out by Moses, I was telling our class. I, I believe back then. To be on the seventy, you had to be religious. You had to oh, believe in God, yes, absolutely. right? Very similar to U.S. Supreme Court mm-hmm. two hundred and thirty years ago. Their their very basis was believing in Christ because yes. our country is founded on that. And the same thing with these seventy men. Whenever Moses picked them, God told and, and through his father-in-law right. Jephthah told him, "Pick out some men to help you guide the people and judge them." They were religious in their basis. So now, as you shared with us, they have brought in Sadducees, yep. which are relig- uh, a quote-unquote religious sect that doesn't believe in religion, practically, and then the lawyers, who couldn't care less about religion, but they are supposed to be right. the learned and intelligent men. And it looks like, much like our Supreme Court today, yes, who started off basically uh, believing in Christ and our country being based on that. The Sanhedrin had so much power... There was no other rule. They had you stoned to death. Mm-hmm. If you said one blasphemous word against God. Mm-hmm. There was no other power whenever they were formed right. with Moses. It slowly graduated. When you, I think you referred to Rome. When Rome took over the country and when Rome came in, mm-hmm. then they had to ask Rome permission. They could, they could make your, a decision on life and death for you, but they had to get Rome's permission to, actually kill to, right. to put you to death, right? Am mm-hmm. I correct? correct? No, you're right, you're right. No, that's, right. So, that's, why, that's why Jesus got sent to... Right. They, they said, we want to see him put to death. And Rome said, but we find no fault in him. Or Pilate right. said, they'll yeah. find no fault. And he says, we must put him to death. He is a blasphemer of our religion, whatever. And he got the Romans. Yep. Convince the Romans. Yeah. Romans to go ahead and crucify him. And, and <clears throat> what I find interesting is that this is something that, and you kind of alluded to it, Mike, and part of the reason why I think this becomes so important for us 
is at least Kyle, you're a little younger than us, but not by much. Oh, by by lot. By far. By, by, by lots. By lots. The three of us all remember a time when you went to church every Sunday. It was just something you did, whether it was the Baptist church or the Catholic church or wherever, but you went. Mm-hmm. And everyone yeah. went. Uh-huh. And not only that, but there was no league on Sunday, no sports. You know, maybe the NFL played, but the NFL was smart enough to even wait until noon or one to play. Baseball, baseball, one o'clock. The Blue Laws. Mike yes, and I, absolutely. and I Kyle, all three of us was grew up in the of South. And, I say bring them back. And the Blue Laws, basically, in the day, nothing was open on Sunday. Everything was closed. And my wife and I, we played hooky this past Sunday. We took a Sunday off and we drove down and spent time with God communing at the Anahuac National Wildlife Refuge, looking at alligators and stuff. But but before we did that, we stopped. We got to IHOP about 8.30 in the morning. And we walked right in, got a seat, ate. By the time we left at 9.30, 10 o'clock, it was wall-to-wall, 20-person line to get in. And... I know we dress more casual to church than we used to back in the day. These people were not even dressed that casual. That they were dressed more like Mike and I are today. Tonight, I've got shorts and a polo on. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. they were they were obviously not dressed going to church. They were uh-huh. just up to do their Sunday thing. And we have moved in Russell Moore in his book onward. That uh, our church read. He's director of the Christian Life Commission on Southern Baptist Convention. He said that we have gone from a moral majority, if we ever were that, to a prophetic minority in society now. And because and who is it we? As Christians. The Christians. Yeah. Right. And the whole country. And I think this is something we have to realize. And, and, and part of it I think we did to ourselves. But I think the important part of this to know is we are the minority now in mm-hmm. society. And now here, here's here's an interesting story, and and we could talk about this in light of this because this is the first true persecution of the church okay. is right here. So we had an IT contractor. We have we have outsourced our IT. So the guys that work on computers, and someone was offended by something this guy had posted on his cube. And because he was a contractor, if he had been an employee, probably would just been written up, told to remove it, written up maybe, and been done with. But because he was a contractor, contractor says, oh, no, 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 get out of here. Anybody want to guess what he had written on his wall? He had a Bible verse. Hmm. And someone was offended at it. Wow. So did you say you knew this person? Or you I knew him. Yeah, he... he he had come out. He had come out at my office because of Harvey, and was working at my office during because of hurricane recovery. And our IT desktop support lead guy told me the story. And that is just. I mean, I'm just. It's just one of those things where. Think about that for just a moment. Well, I mean, if, if this had been a girly picture, okay, we all know we can't do that anymore. <laughs> you but you know. can get by with it; it's accepted. Probably, well, I, maybe, well, not. Well, maybe, not. Not. maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. 
Not uh, anymore. You're right, it's not politically correct. Not anymore, correct. yeah, it's not politically correct. You're correct. But, you know, I know people that have had, <clears throat> I know people that had Trump political items on their desk, and I know people that had Obama political items on their desk. Uh-huh. Neither one of them got in trouble for it. Right. And, and to me, that, that doesn't belong in the workplace. Well, I mean, look at, uh, you know, just look at uh, football. National Football League. Tim Tebow. He would take a knee after doing something great because he was a killer or is a killer player. Yeah. And he would take a knee to give praise to God. In his own way, it was silent, it was quick, it really wasn't anything big. Well, he, didn't, he didn't even do it. If, if I remember correctly, and, and I watched a lot of college football, so I saw it in college too, and I, I don't think he was ever down more than five or six seconds. That's if what I'm saying. That, if it that. Was, it was quick. <laughs> you know, and, and he got blasted for that little gesture that he gave to his own God in his own mind quietly. Mm-hmm. They will let a guy do the funkiest little chicken dance in the end zone for three minutes, and it's fine. And then you have that other fellow. Yeah. Goofy Afro man. We'll leave his name come, off come. of this. Yeah. Right now, but yeah. Taking a knee in protest of whatever it was. It wasn't against our flag. I don't think it stemmed there. I think that got pushed into the limelight. But he was taking a knee and it was fine. He was... Well, he got what? Man of the year or something. GQ Ooh, man, of ah, GQ man of the year. GQ man of the year. And all he did was stemmed a whole lot of hatred towards NFL, if you ask me. A whole yeah. lot of people stopped watching it because of him. Yes. Uh, One stopped guy silently made... Stopped watching it and quit going to games. Yeah. <laughs> but, and quit spending money. And but if you're a in the NFL, silent you're thing that this Tim three, Tebow... Three to five seconds, yeah. ...would do... And he wouldn't say the word God. He well, didn't... And, and not only that, he, he never really... Amazing. He didn't talk about it. Right. But he did it, and he walked away. You know, on the flip side of that, mm-hmm. you know, you got him. That was a silent thing, and it was wonderful. I enjoyed seeing it personally because you don't see mm-hmm. that in this day and age. Even in all the big award ceremonies, you know, it's one out of seven or eight that gives praise to God in any form or fashion. Mm-hmm. They'll recognize their producer and everybody else in the world, but God is not on their list. But this is the, the Tebow did that silent thing. These guys, you know, oh, Peter and John, you know, the boldness. Well, to know that you're standing there at the Sanhedrin and the same guys that just put your good friend to death, mm-hmm. your teacher, about your two Messiah, months ago. about two Messiah. months ago, probably at this point, right? You're standing in front of these same people, knowing your fate is probably already sealed. You're probably screwed at this point, and that's about where I kind of see, uh, again, I don't know quite where they are filled with the Holy Spirit in their mindset, mm-hmm. but to know everything they knew, and to stand up, and I was clicking this, I love you for having all your highlighters, Mike, I started <laughs> underlining something, and Mike breaks open his thing, he's got four highlighters over here, yeah. and I think, man, that's an attorney Col- for you. Color code. Color code. Absolutely. You know, but whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to you, the Sanhedrin, ah, rather okay. than to God, you be the judge. 
For we cannot speaking about what we have seen and heard. I just can't even fathom. Even knowing everything these guys knew. Seen everything. Heck, the day before they just healed a 40-year-old lame guy. Well, and not only that, I think, I think something to be said here is when they put him out. Because you notice they take a look. And, and I'm curious. So did the lame guy have to spend the night in jail with him? Because he's here. Oh, I doubt it. Oh, yeah. oh, he is. He is back with them. Yeah. The man. We wouldn't leave. The man who had been healed would, standing would. with them, and that's yeah. the next morning. He would not leave. It says he's so I'm, I'm wondering. After they did he? That's did did they have question. to put him in jail? And what is? And what is he thinking? You know. Well, okay. So, and, and I think it's a good point. They mentioned again that he'd been there for 40 years, and as we talked about last week, everybody knew this guy. Yeah. Everybody had to know this guy. Because he had obviously been at that gate, and he he had probably staked his corner out, and in, in sales term established his territory. Yep. And it was his, and he that's knew that gate. was the, and he knew darn well that's probably where the best alms were, and that's why he was there. And so, you know, they they put everybody out, and they talk basically among themselves, and which which leads me to believe at some point. At, other than Paul, and maybe Paul is the source here, because Luke Luke wrote Acts, it's the second part of Luke, and he was he was known as a companion of Paul. So Paul probably was in this conversation because there is some inside information here. You know, put the guys out. All right, guys, look, everybody's everybody in Jerusalem, everybody knows a miracle happened. We got to do something here. Let's tell them to stop preaching in the name of Jesus and let him go, and let's just see what happens. You know, and then later they do the same thing. But an observation you made here: he's standing with them. Yep. Why did they put Christ to death? They knew Christ did many miracles. There was mm-hmm. no question in their mind. But here in front of them, Christ, when he faced the Sanhedrin, did not have one of those individuals standing up saying, "Correct." I Maybe. was healed by him. I, my, I was. I, once I was blind, now I see. Once I was deaf, now I hear. Here's oh, wow, the lame man mic. standing up with them, saying, "I'm here," and because they could not deny so they that. Can't, they can't, and they can't level charges of blasphemy at him at that point. Right. Well, which is and it was it was recently done for that moment as well. Right. So you know, Jesus could have produced the the lepers. He, you know. Yeah. Well, that was some time ago. Even if it was a week ago, yep. I don't know what the timeline yeah, there this is. Was yesterday. Well, no. But yeah, yeah. you know, even if he could have drug him in there as a, you know witness of, hey, didn't I heal you? It still wasn't right there that moment. Everybody knew him. Yep. Like this lame guy did. Right. This was you know the, everybody knew the lame guy. You know, and and going yeah, and that in that, but I yeah, and I mean. think. You mentioned something. Do you mind? No, no. You mentioned something about the chief cornerstone. This is fascinating to me. I've heard that ever since I grew up in the Baptist church on uh, on the north side. I went to Baptist Temple mm-hmm. when I was a little bitty, and I can remember hearing Christ Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Right. Okay. Now, what you have, you have the Jewish religion believing in one God, Jehovah, the Father mm-hmm. of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now. There appears to be a link or a, a, a connection here to the religion that Christ is what a chief cornerstone of a continuation of their religion into Christianity. What is he the chief cornerstone? I would just like to bring that no, up. No, no, no. I, I, I have always interpreted that to be the chief cornerstone of the, of the final revelation 
of the Jewish faith. The Jewish faith was always designed to broadcast God to the world. They were God's chosen people. They weren't supposed to keep it among themselves. They went bad, you know, kept it among themselves, built a national identity. And this is, and 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 this really plays into, in my mind, something we've talked about that prior to the Holy Spirit coming, it was a corporate thing. It was very much a overall corporate worship, corporate salvation. If you were a Jew, you were saved. You didn't have to go to synagogue. You didn't have to pray. You were a Jew. You were God's favorite person. That's right. You know, kind of like another church we have sometimes around here, the Catholic Church. You know, sometimes people say, I'm Catholic, and that's all they... That, that's as Catholic as they are, is they say I'm Catholic. Well, yeah. You know, and, and to be fair, we have Baptists that say that too. <laughs> you know, to That's be right. totally fair about it, we, we tend not to have as many, but because Catholic is on one level very cultural at, at, in, within certain groups. But we have it in the Baptist faith. But it takes it from that to the Holy Spirit. Now it's personal. Now it's everyone, everywhere, yeah. every individual. And I think that, to me, is one of the biggest differences. Now, I mean, you talk a lot about growing up Catholic versus Baptist. Did y'all talk about that? I, re- I do not remember growing up Episcopalian ever talking about the Holy Spirit. Other than he was in the nice, he was in the, he was in the creed. Yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Bam, done. No, you didn't talk about anything. Yeah. You, you didn't discuss it. You, you you didn't hear it. You didn't read it. I mean, reading what we read tonight, verses 5 through 31, is a longer verse than you would hear comprised completely and put into the service. Okay. And that's all you got. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember going to... You know, religion class. I, I, I went to a Catholic school growing up. And from kindergarten through eighth grade, went to the same school. You had religion class an hour every day. You know what? We didn't study the Bible. I don't even remember what we... It was ritual and... I don't know. It went out of my head as quickly as it went in because it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, I can tell you that. I was Baptist and I did the same thing until I gave my life to the Lord and decided <laughs> yeah. to serve yeah. the Lord. Well, Absolutely the same thing. Boy, I was I there. I guess that's very true. And, and, in fact, They're paying attention I stuck to comic books out. into my Bible to read during church because the pastor was so boring. But anyway, enough of the sinful <clears throat> history or bad things we did when we were little. Uh, yeah, you, that's the whole point. When you choose to serve the Lord one day, or give your life to the Lord, mm-hmm. and that's that's why we're here. Right. The guys here are, are really, really care about all of you folks listening to that you do accept Christ as Savior one day. Well, and and and, and let's bring this to a let's let's bring this because you know we are man up. <laughs> so so let's bring this to a man to a man's leadership. Okay. Moment. If you have courage. And you are in the right. You are a majority unto yourself. You don't have to have the majority with you. Uh, I part, part of leader, and this is Peter and John, because how easy would it have been for them at this moment discount the Holy Spirit's influence? How easy would it have been for them to have said, 
okay, we won't go do anything else in Jesus' name and left. Now, and, and then gone out and still done things for Christ or fled immediately from Jerusalem and just right. did it somewhere else. You know, not, not gone. In other words, do it. Uh, let's, all right, so we're going to go down to 7th and 10th and do our preaching now instead of staying in the tent. Yes, preach. officer, I will not speed again. We've never done that. No. At least I never have. No. 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 And so it's that same thing. Take your slap on the mm-hmm. wrist and walk away unscathed, right. head tucked between your, your legs, and you go away quietly like they expected and wanted them to. And in turn, they just basically looked at him and said, piss off. Yeah. yeah. We're following our God. And, and if you have any problems with that, just go ahead and uh, stuck his neck out. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, because what are you going to do? And basically, they couldn't do anything. You had a miracle standing yep. in front of you. Well, and more importantly than that, they kept going back to the temple preaching. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They kept going back. In your eye. Yeah, but no, but, many, but many times. there's a lot there's some there's a lot about the Holy Spirit here, and there's a lot about leadership here. When you're right, move ahead. You know, don't don't be mean, don't run over people, don't, you know, throw them under the bus to get ahead, but you still go and do what's right. Right. And they were undeniably in the right here. Undeniably yeah, right, well said. and 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 very affirmed here at the end of the verses when they go back, everybody's praying, and the whole. I, I, I I'm trying to. I have never lived in California. I have no desire to either. For anyone listening, <laughs> I, I just I, I I can live with hurricanes because hurricanes. Hey, look, there's a hurricane in the Gulf. Oh, hey, it may Let's come this way. Town. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have warning. Tornado, uh, not always a lot of warnings, but there are a few weather here. patterns. You, you at least you get weather patterns. You do yeah. get, yeah. you know, maybe a couple of minute warning on your phone. You're going for the earthquake. I'm yeah, but but earthquakes. I'm laying in my bed and everything starts shaking, and I don't know nothing about it ahead of time. I don't think so. <laughs> now Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and I lived in Japan uh, when the one in. Uh, Jeez, why am I drawing a blank? 72? No, no, it was 93. 93, okay. Uh, over there. And I mean, we were well far away, but you still felt the little tremors, you know, and I, I can't even imagine being close to that sucker. Yeah. You know, but, and to shake the but, house. Yeah, yeah, and that's what where I was going with this is, mm-hmm. you're praying, and all of a sudden the house shakes. I just mm-hmm. picture this in my head, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, it's, you know, you know it's the Holy Spirit, us, we do, but again, being in that room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And knowing what's the, coming. And or knowing, not knowing what's coming. Well, not knowing what's coming, but, but I think more importantly, knowing that Christ left us the promise and gave us the power. And, and I do, I, I just really... You know, kind of where I started with this, I really think this is something, as Christians, we need to listen to and pay attention to. Because we're at the point where we may not be killed for our faith, physically. But 
you're for sure going to be frowned on. And you're for sure maybe put your economic advantage at risk. Yes. Because you're willing because you're not willing to compromise and we're going to have conversations about how much compromise are we willing to make. Right. You know, for me, you know, of course I'm in sales, so you right. know, for me I live and die by the next client, you know. I wear an outward expression on me right. pretty much every day. You know, most days I'm wearing a tie. I wear a little pin cross on my collar. If I'm not wearing a tie, I usually I'll wear a cross around my neck. And, you know, if you don't want to deal with me because I'm a follower of Christ, fine. Go. I, I love you anyway. Yeah. yeah. I'm not concerned about it, you know. I, I meet people all the time, and it's not right for them to go with what I do. Right. You know, for whatever reason. And boy, you get, you know, oh, you know, I'm so sorry that, you know, you're so nice, you're so helpful. I really appreciate it. And I feel so bad that you drove all this way and I'm not going to go with you. And, you know, I just look at it as well in that same fashion of, you know, God will take care of it. And I'll say yeah. it right there. You know, I'm not worried about it. Don't feel bad. God will take care of it. And if you don't like me saying that, tell me to get out of your house and I'll say thank you so much and walk on out. I don't care. You know, and it's... Well, you, you, you're making a comment. God will take care of you. Do you believe that? Yep. Mm -hmm. the, the interesting thing, Robert, when you point out, when you read the scripture earlier, when the disciples got back together, the, the Sanhedrin put them out and they went back to the rest of their group. The apostles and the mm -hmm. disciples were waiting for them. And they told them what had happened, what occurred in front of the Sanhedrin, what they told them, and everybody rejoiced. And praise God. And and now you notice what they pray though. Folks, if y'all are listening, they didn't say, Oh God, protect us as we go yeah, this to, yeah. to to testify for you further and preach. What did they say? Give me boldness. Right, they didn't ask for any protection. I would have said, God, protect me. I'm going to go try to preach your word. I'm going to go try to teach your word. I'm and when people do you, they we'll see if I can not get arrested. They didn't again. give us more power. Uh, exactly, yes. and that's that's got to be the thing. And I mean, some of these kids. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you. No, no, no. You are fine. You're fine. This is the power of the Holy Spirit, which you keep referring to. They'll keep referring to it. when He comes on you and when He anoints you. And it's not every second of the day. It's not 24-7. When He comes on you, he's, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. But when His anointing comes on you, right. boy, you cannot stop Him. But, you know, look at it in this way. You know, they go to prison, right? Or right. whatever. Yeah. What did Jesus say He came to save? The sinners. That's correct. Who do you think's in prison? <laughs> A bunch of sinners. So, yeah, Peter and Paul and James and Saul, and I mean, everybody ends up going to prison at one time or another and are getting beaten or whatever. But you also have a very large stage to the sinners, to the prisoners, that you have this guy maybe being flogged and your back is being shredded up just like Jesus's was, mm -hmm. and he's still going, Praise God! Yes. And you got all those prisoners going, what in the heck is this guy doing? And then he gets back, thrown back into the prison cell after he's been right. knocked around. And he's still going, well, praise God I'm alive. Yes. Don't you know that had to be one heck of a witness of what we're talking yes. about, mm -hmm. of a courageous witness. And, you know, so in that day and age, in that realm, 
I mean, it, it probably brought more to the faith being thrown in prison multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they, they took advantage when they were th- in prison too. They preached the prisoners just like you say. Mm-hmm. And they won a number of people. Paul was known for having preached inside the prison when he was thrown in prison mm-hmm. uh, for his ministry and well, his standing up for the Lord. And when they come back and, and pray, they quote actually Psalm 1 and 2 by David who basically this was written after his coronation yes. where he says, you know, why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? <laughs> yes. You know, and it sounds a little different in the New Testament probably because the way it was all translated over, but why do people's rage, do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Yes. You know, and we're really getting to a point again where I think that's what we're going to start seeing. I firmly, firmly believe that. That we're going to see, at a minimum, we're going to be even more minimalized than we have been already. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we're going to take our faith to the next level. We, we really are. And that's going to be hard for a lot of us. Yeah. Well, we are to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Yes. So it's excellent. I believe, and honestly, I don't know if y'all ever had it, but sometimes when the opportunity comes to speak, and the Lord wants you to speak, He'll give you the empowerment to. And sometimes you just have words of wisdom, and you don't know where they came from, mm-hmm. and you just speak into that particular location. Right. And I think that's where your anointing of the Holy Spirit comes from. This it, He's with you twenty four seven, but. The opportunity to speak is not all. You don't speak unless you sense that it's the right thing to say, or you have the mm-hmm. right words to say. Yep. Agreed. Anyway. Well, this has been a great discussion. There's so much involved in all of this, and you know, I know Bill has said it a bunch of times that you know the different times you read things, the differently, the different ways that it'll hit you. You know, because you're in a different season of your life. And uh, I was over at a, at a client's house uh, just the other day, and he had his Bible out on the table. And, you know, I, I didn't even notice it. It was on the other side. And as I was leaving, I saw it, you know, opened up there on his table. And I said, oh, what are you reading? Well, he was reading the Psalms. Uh, 106, I think, is what he was open to. And uh, he says, you know, and so he grabs his Bible and, he says, yeah, look at this. And he turned the page, and there's just highlight and notes and red and blue and black ink all over the place. And I mean, almost every single word had some kind of, you know, his own personal little note, note. something to it. And, you know, I remember my dad being the same way that, you know, little notes all on the sidelines and things that hit him or things that happened that day or whatever. And uh, you know it's 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 so interesting to see. You yeah, know, time can and time I again. Make one thing real, yeah, real quick. Well, you mentioned your dad. I was made fun of by my dad. I don't know that he ever no. accepted Christ. No. And I no. mentioned no. this. No. So back when I was, I gave my life to the Lord when I was nineteen, or decided to serve Christ. However, you choose to to find that in your life. And my dad made fun of me, and he looked at me, and he says, "Oh, he says, after a while, you'll you'll quit that. That's 
that's just a childish thing you're doing right now. You'll grow out of it. That's a very that's the exact (laughs) phrase he said. And later on, he died in 1990. But he and I had some discussions before he died, and uh, and I said, you know, Dad, you can you can argue with me and tell me it's not logical, but I can tell you he changed my life, and I wouldn't have a family and children had I not turned my life over to the Lord. And I said, not only that, but I'm happy because he lives in my heart. And my dad says, well, I'd rather be an ignorant, logical person, or pardon me, unhappy, logical person than a happy Christian. I said, not me. And uh, anyway, that, that's, I just I, want to bring I, that up. That's so well, funny for an attorney I, to, I, to I say something, you know, logical. that it's not logical, and I understand that. Well, and that's not like an attorney to sure say. Well, I, I, I chuckled at your dad saying you'd grow out of it because it really ties into um, something we've continually talked about and Kyle, you just stated, about how we read Scripture differently in different stages of our yes. life. Yes. And it's funny um, because Scripture itself says that when you were a child, you spoke as a child, you acted like a child. But as you became adult, you took on adult things. And, and that is specifically referring to our growth as Christians. And it really goes to what you're saying. And th- these guys, the Holy Spirit for them was almost steroids to encourage mm-hmm. their growth. Yeah, I can see that. You know, because He was there to really push them forward. They, they didn't have centuries of theology and everything else. So the Holy Spirit was there to really push them forward. Yes. You know, that's that, it's just funny. And they didn't have TVs that. to distract them or cell phones. Right. They didn't have games TVs on, uh, t- TV, to play with. games, or anything else. But they, they had the Holy Spirit and they had their scriptural knowledge yes. that they had. Well, and, you know, uh, tie back into our uh, our lesson here of uh, lesson four is called a courageous witness. You know, and it's it's just remembering and being cognizant and being aware and following the leading of, of Christ and the Holy Spirit as to when it's mm-hmm. appropriate to to be out there. You know, and yeah. you know this bold witness thing and going viral. You know, as we. Uh, you know, move into a new chapter in our church. You know, mm-hmm. we have a new pastor. Well, I mean, he's, what is this, seven months, I guess? Seven Something like that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, our attendance is holding well. And, you know, it's, it's just growing the family and the church and the body of Christ. And, right. you know, it's just remembering when we're out there to be cognizant about everything. And, you know, man up when you have the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as we go forward in our little lesson here um, of going viral, our next stage, had anybody looked forward? Robert, I thought you were just dancing. <laughs> Persecution! <laughs> so, you know, this... Martyrdom of Stephen. Right, exactly. But, you know, Robert, you said it earlier that this lesson we're on for is the first real opposition to the yep. church that they have well, withstood. This, this, this opposition turns into out-and-out persecution. And that's where Later. we're going to. And, you know, again, uh, that's where strike fears in the, to men's hearts. 
you know, of what happens to me next. Yep. You know, yeah. um, and it's it's putting your faith in in Christ and yes, just knowing that He will take care of you. Like I said earlier, you know, knowing in my own be, business be, be, be and be stuff, afraid, and be, not let me rephrase that, not being afraid to be bold. There you go. You know, for Christ, and I think that's something we're all called to do, and we're all going to be called to do it more and more as Christians and as our culture shifts. Because I I would say, since I grew up, it has gone 270 degrees difference. And I would say that 180 of that degree happened just in the last eight years. That the vast majority of the change, it is exponentially expanding quickly. Yes. For the amount of change in our culture. That yes. we're yes. that things that we used to take for granted, we can no longer take for granted. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Well guys, thank you for uh, for tuning in to the Man Up podcast. Again, a special Thanksgiving Tuesday edition. Uh, on location again for that wonderful shout out of uh, Spring Creek Barbecue here in Missouri City to uh, allow us the accommodations of a room and uh, to be able to, to study God's Word and to you know have a great discussion. Uh, we hope you tune in uh, week after week. This is podcast 33, by the yep. way. It's amazing. I can't believe we got together crazily a couple of times, and it's just kept on rolling. So we hope you guys enjoy it, um, and we'll tune in next week. Again, this is Man Up here in Sugarland Baptist uh, Church, or from Sugarland Baptist Church. If you can join us uh, on Sundays, we'd love to have you. And what's all of our feeds yes, we that are we've got? On Facebook at man up. Twitter, please follow us on Twitter at Man Up Sugarland, and I think that's it. Oh, SoundCloud, we're SoundCloud, podcasts, podcast iTunes. itself is on SoundCloud, and we are also on iTunes for Man Up Bill Cox on iTunes to follow up. And then we always post and reshare on our personal yeah, Facebook pages, so you can, if you know any of us or remember our yeah. names, you can find us that way too. So we'd leave love a, to have you and uh, if you leave a comment on our Facebook page or. Tweet something out at us, and we are always happy to answer those questions and shout out to people that do that to us. Yeah. Michael, why don't you pray us out, brother? All right. Uh, Father, thank you for this time together to share, to study your word, and to glorify your son, Jesus, who died for our sins. Thank you for a chance to get together, uh, and thank you for our health, our families, and so much that you've given us, Lord. And now, Lord, now we are going to celebrate Thanksgiving in this country that you've given to us and, and bless us with. Now, go with each of us, go with everybody in the audience, everyone who is listening, and uh, bless them. And uh, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You've been listening to Man Up. You want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.